I want to take the floor for a moment, if I may. I want to tell you a story. You see, I can pinpoint the exact moment that I knew that I was in love with my fella. Now, I don't remember how long we'd been dating at the time, but one evening we were in my kitchen, and I was at the counter, my laptop out, writing something, with my back to him, while he was, no doubt, uh, burning something or using a metal spatula on my good non-stick frying pan. And as I worked, while he showed utter contempt for the inventor of Teflon, we were talking about whatever nonsense, and somehow the subject of the apocalypse came up. And I told him that after the apocalypse, I'd survive. See, my life would be spared by the local gangs of violent marauders because their ruthless but not stupid leader, Mad Max or Tina Turner or Charlize Theron or whoever, would recognize that I have certain skills that will be valued in the harsh, precarious, doggy, mutant, post-apocalyptic world, and so they'll tell their mutant minions, stop, keep him. I'm not bad at cutting hair. Well, you wouldn't pay for it in Peter Marks or anything, but post-apocalyptic mutants can't be choosers, and even violent marauders want to look their best on occasion. Also, I'm very gay, and... I know my way around an eyeliner, so Mad Max or Kevin Costner can trust me to keep their harem looking good without ever overstepping my responsibilities. And I'm an entertainer, of sorts. And as Tina Turner will tell you, bored mutants are mutinous mutants. And no one wants that. But, I said to my fella in the kitchen behind me, what skills do you have that will be useful after the apocalypse? A minute later... I realized that he hadn't responded at all, and the sound of my cookware being destroyed had stopped. So I turned around, and he was standing there, still and silent over a pan of burning rice, with a metal spatula in his hand, and I could see that there was a huge tear forming in his eye and threatening to run down his cheek. He was seriously trying to think of a skill that he had that would be useful to a post-apocalyptic society, and so far he'd come up with nothing, and he was devastated. (laughs) And now I felt bad. I gave him a hug and told him that, you know, I'm sure that once they had the electricity back up and running, there'd always be need for people who can do that tech thing that he does that I don't really understand and can never explain when people ask me what he does. People are always going to need that, I would say. But what I did not do was take out my phone, take a picture of him crying over his post-apocalyptic skill set, and post it on Facebook with a smart-ass comment and a crying laughing emoji. Which is how I knew I was in love with him. Though I do still occasionally slag him about it, because, well, I'm in love. I'm not dead. But then, of course, a couple of years later... The apocalypse of sorts arrived. And guess what? People actually do still want that vague tech thing that he does. And he has sailed through the apocalypse, same job, same wage. The only difference is he works from home. And he much prefers that. He never liked the commute, and now he can work in his underpants and listen to terrible music or keep up with the bloody Kardashians while he's doing it. He loves the apocalypse. He never wants it to end. My experience of the apocalypse, though, has been very different. My world wasn't so much turned upside down as it was disappeared. 
panty bar, for example, you know, the business, although the word business doesn't really even come close to describing what it has been to me over the past 12 years, including some very tough years during the financial crash, but for the most part, uh, wonderful, happy, lovely years with people who are a second family to me. Well, panty bar simply stopped as did virtually everything else that had been my life for the past 30 years. Every gig cancelled, work tours to Australia, New Zealand, the Baltics, France, the UK, all gone, everything gone, replaced by a man in his underpants in the living room doing some vague tech job on a laptop. But I guess in common with most people, for me, it hasn't all been bad. Like, sometimes... I'd be walking home from the supermarket and I would suddenly see the city like I was seeing it for the very first time. You know, without having to avoid cars and buses and Lewises and other pedestrians, I could actually look around and see vistas and views that I had passed hundreds of times before, but never actually seen before. Sometimes I thought, we should have a week-long lockdown every year, you know, just so we can all press pause. You know, press pause on all the noise of our lives. And I don't mean another Christmas where there is no actual pause. It's just a different kind of noise. And also, I had time. Time to do all the little jobs around the house that I'd always been meaning to do forever. And time to think. You know, just think. And one of the things, actually, that I thought about was that there is a kind of comfort in our apocalypse. Because... Even though the world had just suddenly stopped, it didn't actually stop. Things continued. We continued. Life continued. And friendships and family and kindness and and good neighborliness and being nice and being human continued. You know, I don't know if Lord of the Flies is still on the school syllabus, but if it is, they should swap it out for something different. And I learned things about myself. I used to worry that I was lazy, even though I can't ever remember not being busy. But I worried that I was lazy because people from my mother onwards would complain that I stayed up too late and I got out of bed too late. And getting up late means that you're lazy. But lockdown confirmed for me something that I had suspected anyway. I'm not lazy. I'm just a terrible procrastinator and they're different. I used to think I would love sitting around doing nothing, that I would be the perfect lottery winner. But it turns out I can't bear it. So guess what I did at most of my lockdown? I upskilled. And when the proper apocalypse does arrive, I won't just survive now, I'll thrive. Because those harem girls aren't going to just look good. They're going to look fabulous with my new improved hair skills. And when Mad Max records his next marauding and pillaging trip for posterity and then angrily bellows that the video looks cheap and the marauding looks unexciting and some mutants are going to lose their heads unless they find a video editor, well, a voice, somewhere in the harem will call out calmly, Calm down, dear. Just let me finish this asymmetric bob and I'll sort it out for you. By the time I'm done, it'll look like the most exciting and beautiful pillaging ever. Thank you.